You can be seated. Thank you, worship team. We're going to turn tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I always say, why do I announce scriptures and say I'm wrong every time? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. you're turning there thankful for a worship team that does a great job week after week service after service yeah thankful for faithful servants all over the church that things don't happen the way they do without you discussing we moved Heather's Sunday school class downstairs for several reasons uh, to her classroom and when we did it exploded <laughs> full wall-to-wall front to back nowhere to put anybody else can't see can't we're trying to figure out another spot <laughs> and all these things are happening uh, because of many things but not the least of which is people who um, serve week after week teachers who study kitchen crew there's some things that gets overlooked if you're not careful and taken for granted if you're not careful we do some things everything we do we try to do for a reason not to be cool or anything else Uh, you've heard me say it before but we started serving breakfast uh, before Sunday school several months ago with the idea that if if we can take something pardon the pun, off your plate <laughs> to, to be able to get to church that it would help build Sunday school. Well, you know what? It does just that. And we've had record attendance at Sunday school and church the last several weeks. Today was the most that's ever attended, uh, since I've been here at least, a Sunday morning service at MAG. Uh, and I know Susan and Janet and Elena and others, that, that have Becky and uh, no Wednesday nights, of course, Vicki and Bridget. And I, I'm, I'm taking a few moments. And Janet, I said Janet, I think. <laughs> yeah, Janet. Everybody remember Janet? Janet's faithful as a Swiss watch. All these things are part of the keys to what is helping people get to church of course we we know the main thing is the main thing but there's lots of pieces of making the main thing work and I don't want I I want to recognize you and thank you always for a good job a great job and for knowing that everybody has a part in the body of Christ and whenever whenever the body what I'm saying is when the body parts work together do you hear me when the body parts work together and function as they're created and, and work in their gifting and their anointing and their talent and use it together, that the results are a healthy church. And we're just thankful for it. I'm thankful that people watch over the lobby, that they take care of security, that we're discussing earlier, that they recognize that the people in place recognize other things that need, like for instance, 
uh, people working security came and said, you know, Pastor, we had people that had a hard time finding a seat this morning. <laughs> and because they can't see on this side, do you want us to help them, help them find the seats because we're in position to see? I said, thank you for recognizing the need. And thank you for taking care of it. Yes. So looking down the road, we're, I'm thinking, man, we're fixing to have parking issues. <laughs> and anyway, all I'm saying at the beginning of a service is thank you. You don't go unnoticed. And God is good and working and moving in mag. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15. I probably will take the vein of teaching tonight. We'll see what happens. You never know how that's going to work. But in the, in the time that we live in, there are some things that need to be reestablished. And I'm kind of like Paul to his dismay when he went back to the Corinthian church. There were times he was in dismay that he, had, that he needed to reteach and reestablish. But that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's just that we're, we need to be reminded. And sometimes it's, you have new people that, that have never heard. I want to remind you always, unless you've been around a long time, you say, Pastor, I've known fundamentals all my life. Well, you, you, wonderful. We want you to know fundamentals. Fundamentals are <laughs> fundamental. <laughs> we want you to stand on them. But when you pastor, when you teach, you have, to, you have to be able to address every level of understanding in the room from the person who's not saved yet to the person who's, who is well taught and well, and well versed and, and mature in Christ and everybody in the middle. Yes, and then we need to be reminded, especially in the hour that we live in, that there's hope in Christ. That's why this morning when we preached, he's the best thing that ever happened to me. And a day when people need to be reminded that there's hope in this world. Yes. This morning, or this evening, I want to, we'll probably be really scripture heavy in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, but I, I want to remind us that there is a hope of resurrection. That this is not it. Now, we want you to understand some, some, some terms and some, and some words because sometimes people get confused and don't understand and people want to argue. I've never seen anything like, well, Paul said it would be this way. He said in the last days that there'd come a time when people would not endure sound doctrine and they would lay up teachers for having itching ears. And I'm finding that things that are established, now this is not here, but I'm talking about in the church world, the things that have been that have been, that, uh, how, how do I want to say it? The people are wanting to rehash and to uh, re-argue and to reinvent the wheel. Listen, we're here to teach at every level, but you're spending a lot of time and energy whenever you're having to reestablish what has already been settled. You hear what I'm saying? In the, in the church world today, let's talk, we're talking about the church world. We're not talking about what's driving up and down Highway 12. We're talking about the church world today. Some of the biggest arguments in Christendom today are over the lordship of Jesus Christ. Was he really God? 
the church should not be in a position to be having to reestablish that Jesus is God. He's Lord. He's that he's that he's eternally eternally existent member of the Godhead. We're 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 having to reestablish the arguments. These are the arguments in the world. We're arguing over the lordship of Jesus Christ in the church. I mean, the authority of the Scripture. If this isn't the infallible word of God, y'all remember John Osteen? John Osteen, this is my Bible, remember? I am who it, who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can, uh, today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will, I will, I'm about to be taught the incorruptible. Right, I'm about to be. I'm about to be taught the incorruptible, indestructible, infallible, ever living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Remember, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Remember, if this isn't the ever living, incorruptible, indestructible, infallible, ever living seed of the Word of God, that we have nothing to stand on. Lordship of Jesus Christ. The authority of Scripture. And another big one that is up for debate across the assemblies of God for some reason among the generations now is the doctrine of rapture. Hello. It's not only one of the fundamental, 16 fundamental doctrines, it is, it is, the, it is cardinal doctrine. What is cardinal doctrine? That, that is, that is the, the bedrock of Christendom. That God is a, a savior. That God is a healer. God is the baptizer. And he is the, and, and the soon coming king, the blessed hope. Cardinal doctrine. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the four corners of the four square gospel. Yes? The foundation. Rapture. People get caught up in one of the big arguments. Well, that wasn't even a doctrine until 100 years ago. I beg your pardon. The doctrine of rapture was, a first, was first mentioned by Jesus Christ himself at the tomb of Lazarus. Now, there's some interesting things. I, I'm taking the teaching. There, the prophets of the Old Testament saw a lot of things. Isaiah is a masterpiece of, of seeing the coming Messiah. Jeremiah prophesied of the, of, of, the, of, the, of the coming Babylonian captivity. Daniel and Ezekiel, contemporaries, were, were prophets that Daniel saw all the way to the 70th week, to the time of Jacob's trouble, to the, to the great tribulation. Hello? Oh, that's another thing we're arguing over. Whether it's a pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, mid-tribulation, or if there even is a tribulation, if it's pre-wrath, post-wrath. You know, it's really exhausting having to reteach the first truths. But there's some things that the, that the prophets of the Old Covenant never saw 
amazingly. They didn't see resurrection, rapture. And the big one is they never saw the church. You'll find nothing of the church until the church was born in Acts chapter 2. Interesting. But rapture. Are you with me? Couldn't be any more important thing and any more important subject to bring to the table in this day, in this age, looking around. I, I, I chose purposely today not to, not to teach on prophecy this morning, not to preach on what was going on in the world. I, for This is one day of all days that I knew that people are aware of what's going on around them. We've taught it for three years. We've said it was coming. Today I knew this morning that people knew where we were at. Today was a day that we needed hope. The resurrection of the dead, the resurrection of the righteous, the resurrection of the church is the blessed hope of the church. The, 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 the theological term that is used throughout, throughout Christendom today is a word called rapture. You, you get the skeptics that get, that get all torn up. Well, there's not, there's, there's not rapture in the Bible. The, rapture's never, the, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Well, I could, I could say a few things, but not the least of it. Does everybody in this room believe in the, in the triune Godhead? Otherwise known as the Trinity. I got Trinity's never mentioned in the book. But the word is clear that the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit exist eternally and in unity. Hello? There's a place in, in, in Paul's letter to the Thessalonican church. When you've heard it quoted many, many times from me in all your life. It says, then when, it says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Yes. It says, well, not, we're not all going to sleep. It says, the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. It says, the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up. Harpazio is the Greek word. It means caught up. Do you know what rapture means in English? It means caught up. <laughs> but the doctrine of rapture is synonymous with Resurrection. We know that we serve a risen Savior. He is, he is, he is the example for us in every way. Yes? We're about to read. Paul spent the first... 
11 verses of chapter 15 describing that Jesus was, was a slain Savior that was, that was born, died, and was resurrected into life. That's what the first 11 verses of 13 are about, or 15 are about. Let's pick up in chapter 12. Are you ready? Yes. It says, now if Christ is preached that he arose from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Listen. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain. And your faith also in vain. Yes, we are found to be false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. Now I want you to see something. Back up. If the dead do not rise. And say did not rise. It says, do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. Now I want to stop here just a second. You have to understand that we're talking about the foundation of our faith right here. The, 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 the work, uh, the work of, 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 of redemption was complete at the cross of Calvary. When he was born, lived a sinless life, went to the cross, died in a, a, a sinless, perfect man, died in our place. At, at, it was at the cross, he says, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And you know that that is the place where he declared that it is finished. Here's some things you need to understand. That the work of the our redemption was paid at the cross of Calvary. But, what is, what, is, what is his resurrection? If you'll let me say it this way, it is the receipt of the transaction. If Christ is not risen, then then what we preach is in vain and our faith is in vain. The resurrection was not where the price was paid. The resurrection was, was the proof of who he said he was. He had to rise from the dead. There had to be a resurrection. If there was no resurrection, he was just a religious leader that had charisma, that gained a following and was martyred. Hello? But I got to tell you, Jesus wasn't a martyr. Jesus was not a martyr. He was a sacrifice. He, no one took his life. He freely gave it. There was, there was, there was, there was, there, he, he came with the purpose. He offered himself a sacrifice. He would have just been a religious nut if he had not raised from the dead.
The, the resurrection was the proof that he was who he said that he was and is who he says that he is. If there was no resurrection, then there is no faith. I'm going to make some statements here because if you haven't figured out by now what I'm defining is, is our word rapture and what Paul wrote as resurrection are synonymous. They are one and the same. Fixing to prove that to you again. The first mention of it, as I said, was at the tomb of Lazarus. Remember him? He died. They sent for him and, and, and Jesus was late. Remember? Sister said, if you'd, if you'd have been here earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. Kind of scolded him. And he said, your, your brother will live again. Interesting reply from Mary because it's never mentioned before now. She says, oh, I know he'll live again in the day of the resurrection. Where'd that come from? Uh, that came from an intimate relationship with the living Savior, with Jesus. That came, that came from the dinner table. That came from they, that the family was friends. This was a, Lazarus was his friend. That came from unrecorded scripture where, where, where there was a conversation where he had been teaching. She says, it's never mentioned before. Had to be. I know my brother will live again in the day of the resurrection. Listen to what Jesus said. He said... I am the resurrection and the life. If Jesus is not resurrected, then everything is a lie. And because he is risen, because he is the resurrection, there is a resurrection for the entire body of Christ. We're going to prove that going forward. Hello? If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. Yes, it would have been found false witnesses because we have testified that God raised up Christ. He's saying if this was not true, then all the apostles are liars. Whom he did not raise up, if in fact the dead do not rise, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ was not raised, has not been raised. Oh, are y'all following? We're going slow. For, for if the dead, verse 16, the dead do not rise, do not, and it doesn't say did not, do not. That's present and forward, right? Hello? The dead do not rise, then Christ has not been raised. What is he saying? If the dead do not rise, they're not going to rise, then the whole thing's a scam. If Christ did not rise, raise, your faith is in vain, and you're still in your sins. In other words, nothing happened at the cross. Nothing happened. God didn't send a Savior. God didn't send a Redeemer. If Christ is not resurrected, then it's all a lie. You're still in your sin. Everybody. Then they who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. What is he saying? If everybody that's died, if, uh, if, there is no, if Christ was not raised, if the dead are not to be raised, then everybody that has already died, they're gone. That's it. 
it's over. No heaven, no hell, no, no, no afterlife in any form. If Christ is not raised, it's over. And this is where Paul said, if in this life only we have hope, I would be of all men, we are of all men most miserable. He wasn't even talking about himself. Do you hear what he said? He said, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Look around and think about it. If, I, I don't care how good it's been. Or maybe it hasn't been all that good for you. And your and and hope, see, hope, faith is now. Hope is future. Always. Faith is now, it's present, it's active. Now faith is, is, it's present. Yes? Hope is, faith is now, hope is future. And, it, and, and so think about it, church. I mean, we've had good, I've had good parts of my life. Other parts are not as good. You're the same way. Some people, it seems like their life is, been, is, is pure hell from start to finish, absent the hope of Christ and the hope of heaven. Is that a fair statement? There's some people that just doesn't seem like they got a fair shake. Hello? I don't care how good your life has been on this side. What is Paul saying? If in this life only we have our hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable because think if there's nothing but this. If there's nothing but this, when you take your last breath, it's done. It ain't worth it. You have no hope. What's life about? We're, about to, we're, back to the, we're back to the meaning of life. We're back to trying to figure out what it's all about. Well, life is all about, life is all about Jesus Christ and Him crucified and His, His redeeming blood that reconciled me to, to a wonderful God so I can live eternally, so I can have life and life more abundantly here. And so I have hope for life eternal. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish. Perish means done. Should not have perish, but have what? Everlasting life. You want to know the meaning of life? The meaning of life is hope in Christ Jesus. But now is Christ risen from the dead. So we talked about he was risen. He talked about, he's talking about us that we shall be risen. That, that, that the resurrection, that the, the saints shall be resurrected. We just talked about that. And now he's saying, but now, when? Now, Christ is, not was, is. Somebody hear me. But now Christ is risen as has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Oh, let's just keep reading a second. He's become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came by man, came by man, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. What does he mean? The word became flesh. Who's the man, who's the man that brought the resurrection of the dead? 
Christ Jesus. The Word became flesh. Adam, Adam brought the fall. Death came by Adam. Remember, in the day that if you eat of the tree in the midst of the garden, you shall surely die. Death came by Adam. What well, death was the first was the first fruit of the fall. Hello? Those words matter, first fruit. Death was the first result of the fall. Say, well, they didn't die. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. They were immediately. See, the trick, the trick was, what, was, was the deceiver come when God was saying, you will surely die. A, they were, man was created to live physically, eternally without sin. But death came not when Adam and Eve took their first breath. Death came when they were immediately separated from the presence of God. And then physical death immediately came because God in his mercy and grace, people, some people think grace didn't come till, till Jesus was made manifest. No, the grace came whenever God sacrificed an animal and gave them the skins to cover their sin immediately. Death came. And but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of those who have fallen flame. For since death came by man, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now hold on. Because of the fall. Death is 100%. It's 100%. Nobody's getting out of it. Unless, you, unless you're part of the we who are alive and remain. For if, 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 if Adam... In verse 22, for as Adam and all die, so in Christ all shall be made alive. But every man in his order, Christ the first fruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. Okay, hold on. We're going to deal with first fruits. Are you with me? I'm talking about rapture. I'm talking about the resurrection. I'm talking about what Paul, what the scripture, what the doctrine is. What it, that it's not pie in the sky made up religion. That it's foundational to our faith. I'll make a statement. If you don't believe in, if you don't believe in resurrection, then you don't believe in, in Jesus Christ. Oh, he could be a historical figure to you. But it's, it is fundamental to your faith to understand that he was raised from the dead. And the, and the Bible here in, in chapter 15 says that Jesus was the first fruit of the resurrection. Somebody's saying right now, what in the world does that even mean? Say, Pastor, just give us something easy. Listen to me. We're, you're Sunday night people. You should be on the meat of the word. You should be understanding what you believe and why. You should, you should be able to read and have a defense. You should you or at least be willing to learn what you believe and why. Not just because somebody told you. Well, I believe in the rapture. The first person that comes along that has three or four scriptures they've thrown together out of context and throws it in your face and you don't know what they're talking about, and you can't and then, and then you're gonna your faith is gonna be shaken.
Your faith is going to be shaken because you're going, well, I don't know, maybe they're right. If Christ is not risen, then, you're, then, you're, then, then what he's done is in vain and your faith is in vain. And now it's talking about that he is the first fruit of the resurrection. What does that mean? The first fruit. He's the first fruit of the resurrection. I'll say it in real simple language that he was the down payment to the coming resurrection. He was the first to be raised from the dead. But he didn't. Do you, do you realize that he didn't rise alone? The Bible talks about that many came out of their graves and walked the streets of Jerusalem with him. There was such power. There was such power at his resurrection. Do you realize that was power that raised him from the dead? Come on, church. Do you realize it was power that raised, if, the same, if that same spirit which raised Christ from the dead dwelt also in you, it shall quicken your, make alive your mortal body. It's power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. That, that, see, it, in Hebrews it says that he couldn't even die until the Spirit, because he's God. The Spirit, he couldn't, nobody could kill him. Nobody could take his life. He laid it down. And in, there, in Hebrews it says that until there was a moment in the Spirit where, the, where, where God allowed him to die. See, it was by the Spirit's power that he was allowed to die. And it was by the Spirit's power that brought him back. He has the power over death, hell, and the grave. When there was there such power that raised him from the dead, that the Bible says that, 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 that others from the graveyard raised with him and walked the streets of Jerusalem with him. Where did they go? I'll tell you where they go. In Acts chapter 1, you'll see where they go. They're at the ascension. You remember, at the ascension, they're, they're gathered around, and, and it says he, began, he, he spoke. He says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And it says, as he was speaking, it says, it says that a cloud, that he began to ascend, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And when we read that, we think, the cumulus. When you go outside and look at the clouds in the sky, we think, we, we think he's coming back on the clouds. When it said the cloud received him out of their sight, he wasn't talking about the cumulus. It's not even the word. Here, let me help you. In Hebrews chapter 12, I believe it is, it says, seeing that we are encompassed about by such a great cloud of witnesses who's the cloud of witnesses we understand in Hebrews chapter 12 that the cloud of witnesses is a people not not a not bringing rain not not the the atmosphere it says and a cloud received him out of the how do I are you still here it's the people that raised with him. The first fruit of the resurrection. The, the, the down payment. It says they went with him. How, because it says 
in Acts chapter 1 that says there were two men in white apparel. Remember? And they said, he says, why do you stand here gazing? For the same Jesus that you've seen go shall come again in like manner as you've seen him leave. In like manner. What's that? Just like you've seen him go, you're going to see him come. How did he go? He went with a cloud of witnesses. How's he going to come? And the, with the cloud of witnesses. They were the down payment. The Bible talks about that there's a first resurrection of the dead. Then there's a second resurrection of the dead. What is that? Boy, I, man, it's, I, can't, I can't go all of there tonight, but let me, give you the, let me give you the highlight. What is the first resurrection of the dead? The first resurrection of the dead is every departed saint from Jesus, he's the down payment, the first fruit, until the moment before the trumpet. The, Jesus and the witnesses that went with him. The first, resur the, through, through the, the first resurrection of the dead is the righteous dead from Jesus through rapture. Are you with me? The first resurrection, there's not three, there's two. The first resurrection of the dead is Jesus through the resurrection of the church, the rapture. That's the righteous dead. They're the first resurrection. The second, the second resurrection of the dead is that, by the way, everybody is getting raised up. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The first resurrection of the dead is the righteous, is the righteous dead, and they, and they will be who is a part of the judgment seat of Christ. The, resurrection of, the second resurrection of the dead is, is the people who died lost, and they're part of the great white throne judgment. That's it in a nutshell. Church, we have something to look forward to. See, rapture is not an erroneous, an erroneous doctrine that came to the church a, a, a few decades ago. Uh, resurrection is, is, is fundamental to who Jesus is. It is fundamental to the, it's, it's fundamental to the faith. If Christ is not raised, then we have believed in vain. Let's read on just one moment. Because first, let's skip to verse 35 for the sake of time. Because I want everybody to know you're getting a new body. What's my body going to look like? I don't know. Some of you is hoping for an upgrade. Hello? John discussed it. They began to ask him how it's going to be. He says, how's it going to be? He said, I, I, he said when there's a new body, he said, how's it, how, what are we going to look like? How are we going to be? What, what's it going to be like? John says, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things I don't know. This is John the Beloved. He, he says, I, there's a lot of things I do not know, but this one thing I do know. This is what John knew. This is what I can tell you. It's, I don't know how we will be when we get there, but John says, but I do know this. We will be like him. We will be like him. The scoffers would say in verse 35, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come, you fool? 
What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And when you sow, you do not sow the body that shall be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or another grain. And God gives it a body as he pleases. And each seed has its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. I'm going to, oh, hey, animal activists and crazy nut job environmentalists, if you're listening. Now I got to read just a second. Because, why, is it okay if I ask a question why do we cry over dogs with matted eyes and and stuff like that on 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 PETA commercials and humane society commercials and everybody throws their money at the, at the at, at the animal shelters there's nothing we should take care we're here to take care of the earth hear me don't hear me wrong but I'm going to tell you there's no tears there's no tears for 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 the discarded babies and and the orphans and 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 the things that that because they're because they, so we live in a world that has made it that made has made man and the animals equal to each other and we've we've come to a place that we think that we're here to support the world and when when, when the world was created for by by him for us I want to see listen to what Paul said right here for all flesh is not the same there is one flesh of men and one flesh of beasts and another of fish and another of birds. For there are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. And the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is, only, there is, only, there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars. One star differs from another star in glory. So, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption and is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it'll be raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. What did I tell you? How did I tell you it was going to happen? How did Jesus was raised from the dead? How did I tell you? What, ha what did I tell you happened that raised Jesus from the dead? It said it was the power of God. It says that the body will be sown in weakness but raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body, there's a spiritual body. As it's written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, who's the last Adam? Was made a life-giving spirit. I wanna skip down for the sake of time because I want you to hear something in this world. Now I say to you, verse 50, now I say, brothers, that flesh, cannot, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Let, what, about, what did I tell you earlier? You think, oh, I've heard, of, I've heard all this before. What did I tell you earlier? I told you if there's no resurrection, if you don't believe, any, if somebody says, I don't believe that stuff. If you don't believe that stuff, you don't believe this book. Because listen to what I'm telling you. Now I say, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither corruption inherit incorruption. Listen, Paul says, I tell you a mystery that we shall not all sleep. Hallelujah. But we shall all be changed. In the moment... In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 
For this corruptible will put on incorruption. And this mortal shall put on immortality. And when this corruptible we have put on incorruption, in and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then the saying is written, shall then come to pass. This is the reason we can stand at the graveyard and while we, while, we're, while we mourn in the natural, we have hope for the future. It's right here. Are you hearing me? This is the reason that we can, that we can stand and say it's not goodbye, it's I'll see you later. This is the reason that I look forward, that I look forward to a coming day of the promise of the hope that is in Christ Jesus. Listen, it is right here. It says that death is swallowed up in victory. And oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Uh, he's saying that because death and the grave won't, do not win. He has already won. It is, death is a temporary situation. We shall all be raised. Death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, my beloved brother, be steadfast. When you look around... And see all that's going on. My, because you know that there's a hope beyond this life. Because you know that we shall all be raised. Because we know that the earnest money has been laid down. The down payment has been put in. Because there is a promise that we shall all be changed. And that death is swallowed up in victory. Therefore, my brother, beloved brother, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Church, it's worth it. Because there's a hope beyond this life. Yes, we shall not all die. We shall not all sleep. But the ones that do, whether by the grave or by the trumpet, corruption is going to put on incorruption. Mortality is going to put on immortality. It's going to happen in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. And you know, if we had the loved one that's gone first, they get to go first. That just means they, they're going to beat us there. For the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I, for one, still believe it all. I, for one, will not let my faith be in vain. I, for one, listen, I, I'm, I'm not looking for a nuclear bomb. I'm not looking for a government takeover. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking for, a, I'm not looking for, I, I'm, I'm not looking for a political answer. I'm looking for the blessed hope and I'm listening for the sound of the last trumpet.
His word is still true. Aren't you thankful that we still have hope?